Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Uh, this is episode... Either 12 or 13. 12-ish. 12-ish. Of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Camfield. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us today. Um, hey, I went to a gig. Can you believe it? What's What's that? It's something that people used to do up until around February 2020. Huh. And then the Kung Flu. Stop being political, <laughs> Jeremy. So um, people used to listen to music live? Yeah, they, That's they, crazy. they would go to these venues and there would be bands that, uh, that performed on stage. I got to tell you, my, my experience was so Texan. It was so wonderful. So I, I live in uh, Deep Ellum, which for people who are unfamiliar with uh, DFW, it's kind of like the, the gig capital of uh, of DFW. I For mean, sure. there are other gig venues available, but uh, the you know the highest concentration of them are in uh, Deep Ellum. So there's this venue called Trees, which is uh, quite a small club, but got lots of history. There's lots of photos on the wall of different people that have played. And so um, just for the sake of trying to do an event and having people socially distanced and you know with a very reduced capacity, they wanted to put on... Um, a night of having local bands play just to do something. So uh, a, a bunch of buddies and myself uh, decided that we should go there and support. I want to give a special mention to my new favorite band who performed at Trees last Saturday night, Hillbilly Orchestra. Oh, what a name. Whatever you think Hillbilly Orchestra looked like, that's what they look like. <laughs> I mean, if I... If I, if I took a photo and you didn't hear any of the music just visually you go oh my god that is so texan yeah i've never heard of this band i could already sing you probably their top five songs they um they sound like musically they're somewhere between zz top and pantera oh that's wonderful that, right. that screams dfw it screams dfw and um they were so great that the front man um, I don't know whether, so I'm not going to speak out of turn here because I'm not sure whether he has a genuine disability or he's just fat, but he has, <laughs> well, I don't, I'm just saying, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Um, but he had to sit down for the whole show. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> um, but even that, a frontman, a, a guitar playing, singing frontman who had to sit on a stool for the entire performance, he was still a great frontman. Wow. I mean, I was in my head. I had that that quote last week from Keith Richards saying that he was planning on doing the the Stones' 60th anniversary, which is I think in 2022 in a new wheelchair. Right? <laughs> that was that was his joke, and I was thinking. You know what? Go speak to the guy from Hillbilly Orchestra right. because he made sitting on a stall but being the front man look great. It was just, oh. I totally understand where he's coming from because me, when I back in the day when I thought I was going to be a stand-up comedian, the one struggle I always had was like, man, it's kind of hard to stand up there for that long. If they could do <laughs> sit-down comedy, I mean, I'd be Dave Chappelle at this point. <laughs> right, yeah. You like to sit on a stall. Because yeah. It, it, it's get, get, when you get, get to a certain age, it's like, oh, doing 30 minutes of jokes plays havoc with your knees. Yeah, there's something about laying on a couch that just makes me 10 times funnier. <laughs> right. So um, anyway, so yeah, i got to tell you that uh, uh, Hillbilly Orchestra, um, just a tremendous 
Texas experience. So uh, whoever booked that at uh, Trees, well done, because uh, they were uh, thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining. And then on my way home from the um, the Tree show, I live a few minutes walk from the venue, so I'm cutting through the side streets of uh, Deep Ellum. What I've learned is I'm in this neighborhood where if you're not on one of the main drags, a lot of the uh, other streets have got kind of like a warehouse design. But when you get to know the area, places that look like doorways to, quite frankly, what would be derelict warehouses, I've learned they're actually deceiving because they lead to kind of actually quite nice apartments, but but you'd never know from like... A lot of places you think, if I go through this door, I'm going into a crack den. But actually, occasionally when you see inside the houses, because I'm one of these people that snoops, like if I see an open door, I'm like, ooh, what have they got going on in there? And you go, wow, it's like Stargate. You go through their door (laughs) and you're in a different world. And I think there's actually quite a lot of real estate around here that's actually um, probably worth quite a lot of money, but you'd never know from the outside, right? For some reason, the way they design Deep Elm, it's like, Parts that are way too nice for most people right next to parts where people get stabbed on right. the regular. So I don't know. It's kind of weird location. Well, it's um, it, it's it's sort of bizarre. So I'm, I'm walking uh, down one of the side streets, you know, and I'm, I've always got my eye open for an open door. I look like someone who wants to rob somewhere, right? Because I'm so intrigued by this Stargate notion that I've got in my head that anyone, any door that's open is going to lead to some palatial front room. And I'm just fascinated by huh, look at the difference between the inside and the outside, right? It's like you got the TARDIS of Doctor Who and then you go inside and it's completely different. So I look I look like I'm about to rob somewhere, right? See, that's how you get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- there was just this bizarre thing that I saw on, on, on my walk home where, so th- I, I walk past what I guess is the entrance to someone's house, but there's a gate and there's like a, a sort of a, a porch area and then the door that would lead into the main house, right? And there's a guy sitting outside on his porch and it's like he's moved his front room to the porch and he's watching TV. And, and now the other thing with Deep Ellum is not only is it the kind of the music capital of DFW. It's also the artistic area. It's, it's there's full of yeah. mu- murals and there's a, you know galleries and Graffiti stuff like that. Everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. very, 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 very arty. And I just thought to myself, is this an art installation? <laughs> because they, if you walk around from one weekend to the next, you do see lots of new murals that have gone up, and um, it just looked like, as I said, this guy had moved all of his front room out to this kind of open air area beyond the gate. And I thought, do you remember when David Blaine did that stupid thing where he was in that see-through box above the tents, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Is this the Deep Ellum, more artistic version of David Blaine? David Blaine, we've mentioned this in the podcast before, is, is becoming, with every new trick he does, less of a ma- magician and more of an artist, because it's like there's a, more of an right. artistic statement than there is a magic trick, you know? Like that bullshit where he floated a, a, around... That's not magic. No, exactly. Like you said, he floated around the desert for 10 minutes, uh, and, and then at the end didn't even go, and this was your car. <laughs> no right? ta or anything. No, no ta So I was thinking, is this the Deep Ellum version of David Blaine in the box above the Thames? And, and again... I didn't know whether 
I was like, should I stop and watch the guy through the through the gate? And, and he go because uh, I was expecting him to go. What are you doing? And I'm going. I'm just admiring your art. This is such a poignant take on society, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I'm just going to stay here till I figure it out. And then, but you, to your point, maybe that also is how you get stabbed. I feel like we're giving Banksy his next idea. Were you like looking around, like, oh my god, I'm about to realize like who Banksy really is? Maybe. My, well, the other theory was uh, was with one of my buddies because I, I didn't stop and observe in case I was really getting it wrong. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, Again, that's how you get stabbed. Right. My buddy goes, uh, I said, art installation? And he goes, well, he was smoking a cigarette. Do you think <laughs> like he's just had a falling out with his wife and she's so pissed at him smoking in the house? He went, all right. Screw you. I'm moving the sofa and the TV to the open air porch area and I'm going to sit on the other side of the gate but outside of our actual front door because if you won't let me smoke in the house, that's what I'm doing. And then we kind of, and then we sort of, because uh, this this kind of gave us sort of like, a, oh, I wonder what. And then he goes, because the guy was probably, I don't know, in his 40s. And my buddy goes, what about if he still lives at home and it's his mom he's fallen out with and that's like, he's having like a teenage protest, but this is the 40 something year old version of a teenage protest when your mom catches you smoking. I just, you know, as a former smoker, I could totally appreciate like putting your whole life out on the front porch because when you spend that much time smoking, you know, you don't want to have to leave the TV or leave what you're doing. You might as well get it all out there. Is that what you did when you were a smoker? Yeah, so when I was living in Arizona, I used to like, I was definitely like the grimiest part of my neighborhood where it was a lot of like some college kids, but a lot of young families. And then every morning it would just be like shirtless, hungover Jeremy smoking cigs for hours out on the porch. So, you know, like, Every college student, they have these plastic bins that they bring to their dorms just to store. Right. When they move out of their dorms, there's literally no use for them anymore. Yes. Everywhere, anywhere, your houses have cabinets and whatnot. Right. They have like the, uh, I think they actually market them as student storage at the container store. Yes, right? that's yeah. exactly what it is. So those exact containers, I had the genius idea of turning those into ashtrays. Plastic containers. Yes, sir. So the, for some reason, like, you know, one day I was, I, I didn't have any, I was smoking so many things. I couldn't just keep filling all these, you know, buckets and ashtrays. So I would put them out. I would throw the cigs, the cigarette butt into the drawer. And, you know, it was, it wasn't like vacuum steel, but there wasn't a lot of air in there. Right. So you would see like, if there was a little bit of flame left, inevitably, like it would burn out and nothing would happen. And you were like a stone student. So if there, <laughs> if there was a little bit of flame, you were just going, cool, pyro. Right. I was a lot more than stone. So I was getting like a light <laughs> show out of it. I was pumped. So I, uh, you know, I let the, the ashtray, we'll call it, get full and more cigs and more cigs. And finally, the whole cabinet was full to the top of six, just completely filled. And what I got, I also got lazy where I was no longer putting out the six before throwing them in there. I would just kind of toss them into the bucket. Right. And you know, one night I, I put out my last six for the night and went to bed, got woken up about five hours later to my neighbor banging on my door as the entire three stack cabinet was just 
engulfed in flames about to burn out my entire front porch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that guy needs to watch out while he's watching his TV out there. You got to be careful. You can't spend too much time out on the porch. I would suggest, and as I said, I didn't spend a long time admiring his art installation, just in case that wasn't what it was. <laughs> but um, it looked more high-end. I would say if, if, he's, if he has moved his front room out to his porch, He's definitely been shopping in the more expensive corner of the container store than just those bland kind of plastic <laughs> drawers that they market at students with no money. I will say this. There was nothing more fun than spraying that thing down with the fire <laughs> extinguisher. At first, like, I was kind of frozen, like, oh, my God, giant flame. It's all my fault. We're all going to die. And then all of a sudden, like, I was playing fire mail, like, woo, like spraying it all over the place, spraying at the neighbor who was like, letting me know what house is on fire. Right, right, right. That was right. a good time. Um, the other thing that happened over the weekend, uh, we were talking on this podcast a few weeks ago about the weekend being confirmed for Super Bowl halftime show. And uh, Jeremy was discussing the weekend's new look. And I believe he was uh, giving us a little uh, Super Bowl 2021 halftime show tease at the American Music Awards last night. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, he looked like he just got out of surgery. Right. He, he showed up with like bandages all over his face. Like he. He was like, like the Invisible Man, like right? the Invisible Man. Like he was basically turned into a mummy, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> so I guess that's what we're going to be getting in this year at the Super Bowl. It's just like, um, I guess, a injury prevention PSA, or the special effects is that he's going to be the Invisible Man. So he performs <laughs> in the bandages and then just unwraps them, and he's not really there. Whoa, yeah, I like that. Right? I mean, it kind of makes people, sense. People though. always moan about the fact that everyone mimes at the Super Bowl. So again, an artistic statement <laughs> that he unwraps the bandages and he's not really there. See, I think he's doing like, this is like his interpretive dance version of like his own NFL style show. Cause you know, like those dudes die really young anyways. Right. So he's just figured like, oh, like I was in a football accident. Now I'm performing. Yeah, it's a, he's making a statement about CTE. Yeah, I mean, we both know someone who is uh, married to uh, someone who played a very pro-level football. And uh, her husband, the guy who played for well, one of the teams, I think he... He needs about, I'm not exaggerating this, six new body parts. Like he's a guy <laughs> in his 40s and he, and he needs six new body parts because that's how much the NFL beat him up, basically. Wow. Yeah, they, uh, I had a, growing up, one of my neighbors was actually an ex-Cowboys player and he never seemed too crazy, but apparently he passed it on because his son is now in jail for murder. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I saw about the AMAs, um, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, rock and, and metal, so I got um, a bunch of friends who were into the same thing. And I didn't watch any of them. I knew that, that there probably wasn't going to be anything of uh, of interest uh, for me. Um, but, oh, my God, the uh, the animosity on social media. And I don't know if it's just my friends that are into rock that got really angry about this. But so many posts about the fact that there were a bunch of pop rock categories and no rock won, or indeed was actually nominated. So like pop rock, um, Post Malone and The Weeknd nominated, Justin Bieber won. Uh, uh, Dua Lipa and Lady Gaga nominated, Taylor Swift won. Uh, Favourites, duo or group for pop rock. Uh, Jonas Brothers and Maroon 5 nominated, BTS won. And um, I don't know. 
I guess the friends of mine that just got so animated about this on Twitter and uh, other social media, I'm just like, what, what, what did you expect? Like they were, one of my friends was livid that they didn't do a tribute to Eddie Van Halen and they're aiming at Justin Bieber fans, right? That's the problem. Wait, at the American Music Awards, they didn't do a tribute to one of the greatest American? Well, I guess he wasn't American. What, Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, wasn't he born in a different country? I'm on I, it. Oh, he's from. Uh, yeah, Google that. I, I think maybe was. Oh no, you're right. He was because his mum brought him over. Um, well, from. Come on, Google. Don't let us oh, down. Oh God, hold on. He's Dutch. Yeah, yeah. He's he was born in Amsterdam, but came over here when he was really young. Right. I wish I had that information because I could have just like done a group text back to everyone and said, "Calm down. He's Dutch." <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a history of music award shows of them kind of doing this, like disrespecting genres before they fully get like, I think like John Denver one year was like famously nominated for like, I think it was like country award over the year for some like huge country star. Right. They've done it a lot with like rap and hip hop where like people who are just like not big in the genre at all end up with the award. Wasn't there, um, there was a Grammy when uh, Metallica were at their peak and they were nominated and Jeffro Toll won from metal. Right, there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah, so like it happens all the time. And no dis- disrespect to Jeffro Toll, but no, I don't think anyone would not, call them metal. They're, they're, they're not metal. Usually but- metal doesn't involve flute. Right, that's a good point. That's, a, that's yeah. like rule one of metal. Yeah, like you have to scream and you don't play flute. But apparently the Grammys uh, didn't figure that out. But yeah, so a load of my friends getting really angry at the American Music Awards last night, and maybe justifiably so. I just think that your anger could be better placed because it's almost like the, the bands that you love, they don't need to exist in that forum. And if, if the American Music Awards chooses to ignore them, then so be it. But the, the other point that I wanted to raise was these are the same people, not all of them, but a few of my friends that get really angry that Eddie Van Halen's not uh, got a tribute at the AMAs and Justin Bieber was winning something in a category that was rock or pop. But some of them are the same people that just immediately hated the idea that Miley Cyrus is going to release a Metallica's covers album, right? <laughs> right? And okay, maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll be bad. I'm prepared to believe that Miley Cyrus actually probably likes quite a bit of Metallica. Yeah. And so those people, and again, this is coming from me being a huge rock and metal fan, but just from some of my social circle, some of those people that were enraged at the American Music Awards basically dissing rock and metal because they think that it should be represented more in the mainstream – immediately were online hating the idea that Miley Cyrus was going to cover Metallica. And I'm like, well, shouldn't you give her the benefit of the doubt? And you're always moaning about the fact that rock and metal doesn't get into the mainstream. And when someone who's about as mainstream as can be, right. who I think might do a decent job yeah, of mastering puppets, and then you're like, ah, but she's pop. We don't want <laughs> pop. And I'm like, God, you it's know? It's like, it's 2020. Do we really just have to get angry about everything? Aren't there other things we should be getting angry about at this point? Yeah. That's the one thing. It's like, all right, whatever. Miley Cyrus is doing a Metallica album. People don't buy albums anyway, so you're not going to buy it and you're not going to listen to it. What do you care? Yeah. Now, we are going to get into the results of uh, the most recent song of the week and kind of giving the game away here. Jeremy got kind of lucky with this week's song of the week. (laughs) But but there's a there's a streak of luck 
running throughout Jeremy's existence this week because not only did he get kind of lucky, as I'll tell you shortly with Song of the Week, as a result of being on this podcast, he's also lining himself up for a threesome. What? What? I don't know about that, but hey, we'll get into it. So? (laughs) Okay, we'll jump right in. So I don't think, I don't know if this is about me being a threesome. I think it's more that I met some people who I think we're in a threesome, or we're in a thruple, actually, a three-person right. couple. So uh, the person was actually a fan of yours. Right. So I, uh, me and some friends went out to a hibachi dinner this weekend. Did they set fire to the thing in front of you? Yes, of course. Yeah. They did the onion volcano, the whole show. When the, you were like, my God, this is like when I set fire to my house with cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to hear the real crazy part? It wasn't even anyone's birthday. We just went to hibachi for shits and gigs. It was wonderful. Right, okay. And, you know, as, as a hibachi and sushi night goes, you get a little sake drunk as well. So as the night was flowing, you know, I, I made a little bit of a fool of myself. And the people who were at the table with us enjoyed the show I was putting on. So, right. you know, we got to talking, blah, blah, blah. One of them asked something. He said something like, hand me a business card. I told him I am not in a position to have business cards at this point. And so she asked, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm in radio. And I love that you're just keeping up the act. Like, I'm not in the position to have business cards at this point. Why would I have a business card? But no, but it's all part of just the way that you tell this story. It's all part of like, you're chatting up this girl and it's all part of like Jeremy's stand-up routine that's going on sitting down. You are right. You're at your best doing comedy when you're seated. Yeah, that's why I'm not standing when we do this podcast. That's why when the demos went so poorly, I was standing when we did that. I, uh, so I kind of hear one of the other girls in her group and their group was, it was a girl, a guy and a girl. Right. I hear one of them say like, oh, like, what about the British guy who disappeared from radio? <gasps> yeah. I went up just like that because oh. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I know that guy, potential fan. Here's someone who's going to vote for my song of the right. week. Right. Okay. So of course I got very excited. I told her about the podcast, but now... Now I'm really hoping that she followed through and is listening to the podcast and is listening to this episode because I have a few questions for this woman. Right. Hey. Do you want to go on a date? Well, well, she had a boyfriend. I know the girl who I gave the info for, she seemed for sure like she was with the guy. Right. They were pretty cuddled up. But at the beginning, when they first came to the table, he seemed like he was with the other girl. Oh. And so I, as the night went on, I started kind of watching them and his hand would go on one leg and then sometimes his hand would go on the other leg. Oh. So either I am telling this girl that about her cheating boyfriend or I am outing them for being in a throuple. Wow. And I need, I, I didn't get her name, but if you are listening to this, I need you to message the show. All right. I need to know if you, the guy and the girl are in a throuple. And if you are not in a throuple, I want to fuck your friend. <laughs> okay, well, that's there you go. We were just putting it out there. Uh, DidYouAmerica.com is where you can go to to uh, message the show. So if you are listening to this, um, please take note of uh, Jeremy's uh, questions. And then uh, we're actually, because it's Thanksgiving this week, um, we're going to record the second episode on Wednesday. So, um, you know, because you're probably very busy having sex if there's a, a, three, a threesome going on at all times. But if you could just, you know, stop for a second and message uh, by uh, Wednesday, so yes. we could do a little update on that. And not only that, I, if you are a thruple, no shame here. I don't kink bash. I just want to know the ins and outs. Maybe I can join. Maybe I right. can watch. So I jerk was... off in the corner. Whatever. <laughs> 
I was downplaying it, saying that you could be involved with a three. So, so it would, they've already got the threesome going on. Right. So if you joined, does that make it? That's an orgy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's a first time for everything. Yeah, you know? I gotta tell you this that um, you know, and again, this isn't the, uh, me like t- t- because I think like, I'm some great looking person because I, I certainly don't believe that at all. But there is something about the power of um I, I i guess it's the, the british accent and putting it in the public forum in america because um back when i was living in arizona um i was uh dating a guy and we went to a gig i don't know this is, this is another story but i i used to do uh, very occasionally uh get up and do some stuff with a band they would do different themes for the night, but they put in an Iron Maiden cover so I could get up and sing it, and we'd, <laughs> call, we'd call it Ian Maiden. Why? So, wait, please tell me there's tapes of this somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming yeah. soon to Digital America. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, I uh, and the, the, the guy that I was with, not a fan of Iron Maiden or Ian Maiden, like, and, uh, and would be and would always later on not even a fan of Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I told you there was that person that like was like it could have been the the long term real thing, right. but couldn't commit to that much Iron Maiden in their future. Not not only did like committing to me mean that you had to have a lot of Iron Maiden in your future, you had to have Ian Maiden in your future too. You had to get not only like my obsession with the actual band but my involvement with a tribute band that weren't even an Iron Maiden tribute band they did other stuff I just made them do Iron Maiden for one song so I could get up with them you better believe I take that one song very seriously oh 100% (laughs) I'd be like what key are we doing it in alright okay And I'd be like, if you think I'm making the big note at the end, hold back before the drum fill for the last big bit, because I want to belt out that high note, right? They're they're like, okay, Ian, they never once put your mic on. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, the the first time we did it, um, I'd never got up and sang with an actual band before, but um, we were doing it in secret. And uh, the guy that kind of runs the music side of the band comes up to me at the venue and goes, uh, we were going to do two minutes to midnight, the, the main song. And he goes, uh, we're, we, we, we're good for two minutes to midnight. And because it was secret from the other guy that was singing, we'd never rehearsed it, right? I right. just like, I know it. I mean, you can <laughs> give me any- this. I'm a pro. Yeah, well, kind of. And the guy from the guitar, the guitarist from the tribute yeah. band goes, um, so we're good for two minutes to midnight. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, um, We've, uh, we're going to tune it down to A minor so it's easier for you to sing in key. And I say to him, you do realize I can't actually sing. I have no idea what A minor is. You might as well, you might as well play it in whatever key Bruce Dickinson sang it in and I'm going to go for it. Honestly, no, screw that. A minor is too high. D plus. I need a D plus. <laughs> right. Anyway, the point being that on one of the nights that uh, Ian Maiden was happening, um, you know, I'm out and about in the bar and my other half is probably thinking, Jesus Christ, how much longer do I have to be here? <laughs> um, but there was uh, a couple, straight couple, right, that had come up and had said hello and they were all excited that I was on the radio and I used to talk about the other half on the radio so they guessed that it was him and, you know, and then I had to, like, go and get ready to be Ian Maiden. <laughs> so I left him with them, okay. right? Go put your assless chaps on. Exactly that. <laughs> I was like, go backstage and get into the. Oh, oh my god! All the windows in your apartment just shattered. That's incredible. 
you know, I was like, okay, I need to go to a quiet corner and get into run to the hills. So, you know, anyway, so I get up and I do Ian Maiden, blah, 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 blah. And then I go back off the stage and back to, to the other half, right? Who's looking more so than ever before any of these events that he really just wants to leave, oh, right? No. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I've just, we'll go. And he's like, we need to get out of here. And I said, why? And he goes, they want a foursome. And I went, what? You went, get out of here, let's go. <laughs> I said, I left you with a straight couple for like 20 minutes. Uh -huh. What did you do? Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and he's just like, he goes, I don't know. He goes, they're kind of, they got very drunk. And they, and this and he and he said you know and then I was like was it the notes I was hitting was I that good like, was I that good you mesmerized the guy he was like I need to be a part of this now <laughs> I was like I get up and sing I'm Maiden and then turn the guy gay <laughs> I'm not gonna lie when you just started singing I got a little twing in my eye <laughs> anyway the point being that. I, I, and again, I, I'm not like saying that like I'm any uh, great Greek god or anything because I'm certainly not. I don't know what it is, but that there was that effect. And now you're hanging out at a hiboshi <laughs> grill and lining yourself up to turn a threesome relationship into an orgy. I mean, there's something to be, you know, I've said that sometimes we talk about things and it's like we have cosmic powers on this on this uh, podcast because something strange happens and it's like we spoke about this person or this event and then within the next few days, something weird happens that's connected. Those cosmic powers sometimes make their way into some kind of sexuality setting is all I'm saying. So basically we're like a month away from being in an orgy together. I think um, what I would do, I am made and put out a live album on Friday, download it and start learning the songs because that's <laughs> going to be playing in the background. Of course. And if you can manage the key changes in Number of the Beast, my God, you're going to be having a great night. <laughs> all right, we're going to get to uh, Song of the Week and such like, and there's a few other little music stories going on. Um, Next on Digital America. All right. Uh, not only has Jeremy had a lucky streak in the past few days because he's lining himself up for an orgy. <laughs> Get ready, ladies. Yeah. And, and like seven dudes. He's he's also he's also gonna enter that orgy if it happens this week as the song of the week winner for the first time. I did it! You really did. I'd uh, like to thank all those that voted for me. My mom, <laughs> like her 48 friends. <laughs> the chick who you said I'd like to fuck yeah. in the previous segment. Yeah, she definitely was like, I'm taking back that vote now. <laughs> So uh, I went in for Long Awaited by Suspect 208 and the New York producer was uh, supporting Lonely Machines by 303. We each got 25% of the vote. So look at you, Victorious, with half of the vote for last week's Song of the Week. 50% going to Off-Road by Goody Mob. Kobe! <laughs> um, so yeah, and you know, the, you picked that, the... Uh, CeeLo Green outfit, and then they retweeted, didn't they? See, they picked up. Yeah, they clearly they hear about the next episode where we discuss potentially him being a rapist. 
Goody mob. Uh, I think this is episode 12. Whatever episode this number is, don't listen to the previous yeah, episode. It's over. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, CeeLo. You're being outed right now. All right. Okay. <laughs> Less of that. Uh, so we got a new bunch of songs for you to vote on uh, this week. And you can do it uh, via my social media. Or uh, it's great if you go to the website and vote there. Didyouamerica.com. Um I am going to go for um, Estrella by Kenny Hoopla featuring Travis Barker. Jeremy? I am going with Eddie Vedder, Matter of Time. And New York producer would like Chinatown by Bleachers featuring Bruce Springsteen. He's so East Coast. Picking Springsteen. The boss. Yeah, yeah. So there are your choices. Uh, Kenny Hoopla with Travis Barker and uh, Estrella. Uh, Matter of Time by Eddie Vedder or Chinatown by Bleachers featuring Bruce Springsteen. Didyouamerica.com slash song to get your votes in on Song of the Week if you would like to get in touch. Um, Also, while you're on the website, have a look at the awesome Did You America t-shirts that we have for sale. They're a limited run. And uh, we want to sell out of these so we can move on to our next merchandise idea. All of the merch that we make is going to be limited. So any piece that you get is going to be special. You know, when we've done the Joe Rogan deal and this show is available exclusively on one platform and they're paying us like $10 billion for it a year, you're going to have had the original merchandise when we were only getting a very limited run and it's going to be worth a fortune. Yeah, that's going to be like the holy grail of merch. Yeah. That's going to be like the baseball card that goes for multi-mill. You know it. So uh, get your Did You America t-shirt from uh, didyouamerica.com. Once we sell out of those, we're going to move on to the Did You America scented candles with the smell of freedom. Um, Bit of music news before we move on to some uh, listener correspondence. Uh, We spoke about ACDC. Uh, on the show last week, I was saying how they were the first band that I ever got into. So since about the age of seven, anytime they've released a new album, I've always gone out to actually buy a physical copy, which I did a couple of weeks ago when their new album Power Up came out. So it's now officially Billboard number one. And I can't remember the exact statistic, but I'm just going to make this up because I think it's almost true. It's like the biggest selling album of the year so far. And there's a fun, I'm not really into TikTok, but there's a fun TikTok video that got some traction over the weekend um, from a couple of guys who are showing you how to make an ACDC song in 30 seconds. And basically what they do on the TikTok video is show you that ACDC is just the most simplistic uh, music and pretty much anyone can do it. And to their credit, they do come up with what convincingly sounds like a good ACDC song. And I just want to, again, say they're one of my favorite bands ever, but well done, ACDC, because you are possibly the dumbest rock band ever, but you are brilliantly dumb and you still sell by the truckload in an era where no one sells any physical products of new albums. ACDC are still doing it. And I mean, again, no offense, because I do love them, but just watch any interview that Angus Young has done about this new ACDC album. He's thick as shit. He can barely (laughs) string a sentence together, right? And the complete lack of intelligence making them the dumbest rock and roll band in the world is the secret, I think, to ACDC's massive success. I mean, hey, shots fired, but at the same time, compliment? 
Also, though, I think we can find a dumber band than ACDC. Well, dumb, yeah, maybe dumber, but not as successful. They're the right. most successful, Dumb-band. dumbest okay. band, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. I point. mean, you look at the, on the last tour, they had to take out a replacement drummer because their drummer, Phil Rudd, who'd been the drummer in ACDC for years and years and years, had been arrested because he got busted in his house with a load of crack and the cops had turned up at his house because he tried to hire a hitman to to kill someone who he'd employed at his restaurant, which he'd opened in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand where virtually no one lives, as in you don't need to have a restaurant in the most remote part of New Zealand. That just sounds like every si- the description of every single ACDC song. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it was very telling that... Um, the, uh, I got the ACDC album. And again, I love, 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 love ACDC. And, and, and they're, they're great at what they do. Um, they really went overboard on the packaging for Power Up because obviously they wanted people to buy the physical product. So, you know, it comes in this box and it lights up and it's like, you know, an amplifier, uh, you know, and all this kind of good stuff. But you undo the packaging and you can unwrap it almost like it's a gift. No lyrics. It's like ACDC <laughs> know that as much as they want to give you more packaging so they'll sell more physical products, someone went, well, we could fill like, you know, five or six pages of the CD booklet if we print the lyrics. And they went, no, 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 you're all right. <laughs> well, I think that's actually ACDC just like they know their audience. They know at this point, like any aging rock star rock group, no one actually cares about their new music. Just give them the stuff that they want. And like, if they want to listen to the music, it's there. Well, they did. Uh, I, I haven't really studied any of the lyrics uh, of this album, but I do remember the previous album was Rock or Bust. And the, the title track of that, the opening line was, we be a guitar band, we play across the land. Like It's like wow. someone who just learned how to speak English tried to write a song. You know? You're right. That's Lennon McCartney level right there. And I, but I, sometimes I do wonder if it gets lost in translation. And again, this is sounding like I'm really bashing ACDC. I can't reinforce the fact that I love them and I love the fact they're still around. But Brian Johnson right now lives in a proper country, as indeed every successful British artist who makes it in America should. The ones who are successful in the States and still live in England, you stupid idiots. Why would you not move to a proper country? As soon as Brian Johnson joined ACDC, he left Shitsville and moved to America. So he's been living in the States for like 40 years now, right? But he comes from Newcastle in the UK, which is a very northern part of the UK. And they're they're known as Geordies, the people that come from Newcastle. They have one of the strongest northern accents ever. And even though Brian Johnson has lived in a prop country for 40 years, he still sounds so Geordie, Newcastle, UK. I can't understand a thing he says, and I'm from England. Like, how does the, he lives in Sarasota. How does anyone in Florida understand what Brian Johnson says when he speaks? I think, I mean, I think that's why they, people just don't even care about what the ACDC lyrics are anymore, because in the end, the lyrics that they think is what the band is saying is probably 10 times better than what the band is actually that saying. That might actually be true. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, look, I love you, ACDC. I love the fact that, uh, you know, you're still out there doing it, and, uh, you know, your packaging was excellent and, you know, way better. You know what? It's also to, to, to compound my idea that they're the most stupid, successful band there is. They probably said, look, do you want the lyrics in the album? And Angus went, 
no, I don't want to read. Give me something that lights up. Yeah. Like, I literally gave him a flashing light rather than actual words. I also just think, like, I feel like it shouldn't be bashing them that, like, the fact that you can create an ACDC-sounding song really simply shouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, like, the first song that every single person learns on the guitar, whether they end up playing the guitar or not, is Smoke on the Water. Right. Would you say that Smoke on the Water is a bad song? No, 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 you no, know? no, no. So I think sometimes, like, the more simple you get, it's probably, in the end, the better it is. So good job, ACD. No, absolutely. You took the easy way out. Abs absolutely. And you, But no one had done it before because no one before sounded like ACDC. ACDC have got a very identifiable sound, and they're still doing it, you know, but almost 50 years later and 40 years with Brian Johnson, who's their second singer. Right? Also, I want to point out, I figured it out. The dumbest rock band of all time is the one we reference in every single episode of this. Spinal Tap. Right. That's the dumbest band. That, those are the collection of the dumbest people to lead a successful band of all time. However, if we were to do a... a uh, a comparison of Spinal Tap's lyrics versus ACDC. I actually think Spinal Tap have got better. I mean, <laughs> Stonehenge, where the demons dwell, where the banshees live, and they do live well, right? Yeah, at least you learned something there. Versus, we be a guitar band, we play across the land. Uh, you're right. I'm, I'm taking Spinal Tap. I mean, big bottom, big bottom, talk about bum cakes, my girl's got them. That's Spinal Tap. I'm trying to think of an equivalent ACDC lyric. Let's get it up. <laughs> I mean, at least Spinal Tap were doing, you know, a kind of a metaphor. Right. You know. Uh, Brian like, Johnson's talking about his penis. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Spinal Tap got that song Sex Farm, where everything's a metaphor for like, you know, plowing through your bean field <laughs> right. and, and stroking your hay, right? So they go like, all right, we're going to make it sexually explicit, but through the metaphor of farming life, <laughs> Brian Johnson just went, this is what about my dick, it's called Let's Get It Up. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> And that is why they're one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Yeah, maybe. But when he said that in the intro, no one could understand him. No. Uh, unless they're from Newcastle in the UK. I, I'm like, my God. I don't. There's um, I saw some footage of his house in uh, Sarasota. And um, it looks beautiful, as you would expect, you know, the singer from Iron Maiden um, to, to, to live in an amazing house. And he's got a swimming pool that's the shape of a guitar. And the first thing I thought was, Someone else had to tell the builder they needed it in the shape of the guitar. The builder would be like, what are you saying? Like, what shape do you want it? Like, I don't like, you know. Also, he probably didn't say guitar. He probably said microphone because he does not play guitar. Yeah. You know? right. He was like, he was like guitar, I, I got it, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, right, let's do some feedback. If you want to get in touch with the show, we are didyouamerica.com. That's the place to go to for everything relating to this show. Um, if you want to message us, you can click messages and then you can type using your device. If you'd actually like to be on the show, just go to didyouamerica.com and hit be on the show. And then if you talk at your listening device, it will record you and we'll have you and your voice on the actual show. Jeremy, you will be excited that uh, Jose who's our listener, that uh, if you've seen any of the animation that we've posted uh, for the show, Jose's the guy that does all of the animation, um, and he was listening to the previous episode. 
He's absolutely going to do an animation of you as Walter Becker from Steely Dan, whom is who you look like. Yes, that's awesome. I mean, he said, do you want to send me a picture of Jeremy? And I said, no, just do it. Google Walter Becker from Steely Dan and have it like I'm talking to him. Well, as we discussed last week, I don't show up in pictures. So that would have been impossible anyways. Right, there you go. Uh, Chad has um, messaged us. He's got a, his T-shirt uh, was delivered. Um, he said, online doesn't do it justice. It's so badass. So we appreciate that, Chad. He's got one of the uh, limited edition uh, Digi America t-shirts, digiamerica.com for them. Don't forget, you need to order them so we can move on to our next limited edition bit of merchandise, um, which is the uh, the scented candle with the uh, the smell of, uh, of freedom. Um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, Fifth Avenue Cafe, they're listeners from, um, do you remember when I used to have a job? I used to have a job here. Oh, so long ago. Yeah, I know. Well, so by the way, I still want, I need a job because, you know, as, as good as we're doing with this podcast, recording from my kitchen table still isn't paying my bills. So if anyone is, you know, very entertained by this, we, you know, you can take us on. Please. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fifth Avenue are in uh, Phoenix where I, I lived before and used to be on the radio. They like the podcast. And they said, my skillet is doing well. This is another reason why I need to have a comeback in DFW, because when I was on air in Phoenix, um, a cafe named a skillet after me, right? They've got the Canfield skillet. Like one of those, just like one of those like mixed breakfast items. Yes. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got like, you know, uh, turkey sausage in it with scrambled eggs and some onion and stuff like that. I, when I was there, I was get down to the Fifth Avenue cafe and eat my meat. <laughs> but the point being, so if you are anyone who's still listening to this, uh, who remembers me from my days on air in Phoenix, uh, Fifth Avenue Cafe in Phoenix, great place. And you can literally eat my meat because the Canfield skillet is on the menu. There is a cafe here in DFW that also want to do a Canfield skillet. Whoa. But I need to be back on the radio for that to happen because that's kind of like the agreement. So also, not only... If you like what we do and you want to get not just podcasts, but FM updates as to Jeremy's orgies and <laughs> such like, um, I need a job back on air in DFW because then not only will you be able to hear about Jeremy's orgies, you'll be able to eat my meat at a DFW cafe. It doesn't get better than that. I mean, what more do you want? Eh? Um, Kelly messaged because we were discussing the crown last week and said, uh, the end of the crown was weak and uh, it needed a cliffhanger. I told you, I told you when you were asking me if I was watching the crown on Netflix because it was the Princess Diana season, that it was absolute bullshit. And um, if you listen to the previous episode, I gave you a rundown of things that may or may not be true about the royal family, but I choose to believe that they were true. Far more scandalous and entertaining. And if those events were in the crown, um, then I would have watched the crown. Having said that, uh, I was watching something else on Netflix yesterday and Netflix thought that I'd be interested in The Crown and they did show me a, a promo. Again, most of it I was like, don't care, don't care, don't care. There were some clips though. They have got the Queen in the 80s having meetings with Margaret Thatcher, who was Prime Minister at the time. It's like watching RuPaul's Drag Race. It was so bitchy. <laughs> now that did get my attention. Right. <laughs> if you could just do a compilation of from the latest season of The Crown... Margaret Thatcher arguing with the Queen on YouTube. I would watch that. In England, do they, like, obsess over the presidency here? Well, they all hated Trump, but um, <laughs> no. I mean, they don't... Um, 
you know, like we have an infatuation with the royal family. I wasn't sure if like on there and they're like, oh my God, the president, like it can't get better than that. No, 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 no. There isn't that. And I've ne- again, I've never understood why America is so infatuated with the royal family. There are Disney. people. Disney? Disney. Princesses. It's the only reason. Well, then watch Frozen. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, but that's why it's the idea that like, oh, this is a princess. She's going to be saying. I mean, I, I when I, I can't do it this year because of the pandemic, but I go back normally at uh, Christmas time to see my family. I got uh, my nieces are seven and nine. Every year we have to go to Disney on Ice because oh. it's a Christmas thing that yeah. they do in the arena in London. <sighs> <laughs> I always ask if we can do it on the day after I arrive because I'm still jet lagged and it's kind of convenient to have a nap for two hours. And I always go, don't get the seats too close to the front because otherwise it's so cold near the ice. I can't fall asleep while, you know, they're singing, let it go. But my point being, if you're into that and, and you're into the royal family Americans because it's Disney-like, you know, go to that. Like the Queen ain't ever gonna ice skate. The, the Frozen, Frozen on ice is way more entertaining than anything the Queen did. But you could imagine if the Queen did ice skate, be a hell of a show. It's not gonna happen. You don't know that. Don't crush America's dreams. The Queen will ice skate. No. Um, so yeah, I, I, I told you with the Crown, it was weak, and uh, I, I, I didn't think it was gonna amount to anything, but. The idea of Princess Diana, uh, no, sorry, not Princess Diana, uh, the Queen and uh, Margaret Thatcher bitching at one another. Now, if they do a, a spin-off and it's Mrs. T and the Queen, that sounds so gay. You're all in. Oh, no, if they, so gay. That sounds like I, the best sitcom ever. How about this? So, because I said there was this bitchy, this is our, this is our billion dollar idea of today's podcast, right? Because I said, if you watch the promo of The Crown that's on Netflix at the moment, just the bits between Margaret Thatcher and the Queen, I said it's more, they hated one another so much, it's like more bitchy than RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> what about if there's a spin-off show called Mrs. T and the Queen, and they're drag queens that are playing those parts? But I was going to say, can we have Mr. T star as Mrs. T? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew you'd be behind that. Little 18. <laughs> Little 18. I pity the queen. And then, <laughs> and then on the extras, we'll do him, me interviewing him about when Boy George was in the 18, and everyone involved with the show is going, but Ian, this has got nothing to do with this show. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, Shut up. It's my show. I do what I want. I'm like, exactly. Now, Mr. T, please tell us about the time that your mission with the A-Team was to appease a bunch of rednecks because they thought they were going to a show by Cowboy George, but Face Man actually booked Boy George. One of the greatest concepts for TV <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Um, all right, I think we did America. Was there anything there was, oh, I didn't get to the story about that. We need to do, we'll do it on Wednesday. We normally do a podcast on Thursdays, but it's Thanksgiving. So uh, we'll do an extra episode instead on Wednesday of this week. I need to tell you about Liam Gallagher's son and Ringo Starr's grandson uh, going crazy in a grocery store that used to be down the road from uh, where I lived. Um, and, um, oh, here's a tease because we also didn't get around to this. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I told you that I thought my career was emulating uh, Moira from Shit's Creek. Well, I think it's worse. I think I'm now emulating Melissa Joan Hart. And I mean post-Sabrina. 
That's not a good look. I mean, years after she did the centerfold stuff. Well, not to give too big of a tease, but don't worry. I think I got a solution for you. Wow. Hey, this is sounding like we rehearsed it. Like, oh, my it's God. Like we're, it's like we're pros. We are pros. Please, I need a job. Digioamerica.com is where to go to if you want to talk to the show, and we will be back on Wednesday.